A well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state. The right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Welcome to another edition of Bearing Arms, Cam and Company. My name is Cam Edwards. I'm so glad that you're with me today. We're going to be talking about something that's going on in uh, Washington, D.C. Well, something that may or may not be going on in Washington, D.C. The House Oversight Committee has called the CEOs of several gun manufacturers to testify. Uh, Representative Carolyn Maloney of New York, who, by the way, uh, is squaring off against Jerry Nadler Mm -hmm. in a uh, primary for New York's 12th Congressional District. I think that Representative Maloney is trying to get some uh, free press here. And what better way to do that in New York than by targeting gun makers these days, right? So, Carolyn Maloney, who is the chairwoman of the uh, House Oversight Committee, uh, on Wednesday sent letters to Marty Daniel, the CEO of Daniel Defense, Mark Smith, the president and CEO of Smith & Wesson, and Christopher Colloy, the president and CEO of Sturm Ruger & Company, requesting testimony as part of a second hearing hosted by the committee that is examining the firearms industry, so reports the Washington Post. Uh, The Post goes on to say the July 20th hearing comes after Maloney launched an investigation into gun makers in May. Maloney requested information from five manufacturers regarding the making, sale, and marketing of deadly weapons used in mass shootings that were purchased legally and used by the gunmen responsible for the carnage in Uvalde, Highland Park, and Buffalo. Maloney requested each company's gross revenue and profit from sales of semi-automatic rifles based on AR-15-style guns, annual spending on advertising and marketing of these rifles, annual spending on federal and state lobbying, and funding provided to the National Rifle Association. Maloney cites new financial information that has been provided to the committee uh, so far as a reason for the CEOs to appear. This is a fishing expedition launched by anti-gun Democrats in Congress against the firearms industry. And note well that Carolyn Maloney uh, and the other Democrats on the House Oversight Committee want to know not just the, the bottom line revenue of these gun companies, and why do they want to do that? So they can say, look, this is blood money, right? Again, we it's so painfully obvious. But they also want to delve deep into the marketing practices of these gun companies because that is one of the uh, areas of attack right now for the gun control lobby. Uh, in New York, for instance, uh, Governor Andrew Cuomo, before he resigned in disgrace, signed a law that expanded the state's public nuisance statute to not just allow, but encourage lawsuits against gun manufacturers, uh, distributors, and farm retailers when a gun is used in the commission of a crime. It doesn't matter if the gun was legally sold. doesn't matter if the gun was stolen. doesn't matter how long ago the firearm was purchased. doesn't matter if the gun was purchased outside of the state of New York. doesn't matter if all applicable laws were followed. If a gun was used in a crime, New York wants you to be able to sue the maker of that firearm and hold them financially responsible for the criminal misuse of their product and, of course, the criminal behavior of the individual wielding the gun. Other states have followed suit. Uh, New Jersey Governor Phil Murphy uh, just signed a bill that is almost identical to New York's law. California, uh, Gavin Newsom has signed legislation that is similar, but not an exact replica of New York's law. Uh, but this is something that is a, a strategy, and it, it's a strategy that goes back decades, quite frankly. Uh, we saw this back in the 1990s during the Clinton administration, when a number of uh, gun control groups and uh, cities around the country partnered to sue gun makers. That ultimately led to the passage of uh, laws in more than 30 states prohibiting those types of jungle lawsuits. And then in 2005, 
the passage of the Protection of Lawful Commerce and Arms Act on a bipartisan basis, by the way, in Congress, signed by uh, then-President George W. Bush. The Protection of Lawful Commerce and Arms Act is designed, again, to prevent these types of junk lawsuits, but gun control groups think they found some wiggle room uh, by going after the marketing of firearms rather than the firearms themselves. And again, under their theory, it doesn't even matter if a criminal ever saw an ad for a gun. For example, uh, there was a lawsuit that was just filed in New York uh, a few weeks, about, about a month ago, June 6th, I think it was, by one of the victims in the uh, New York subway shooting. She's suing Glock because the uh, alleged shooter in that case purchased a Glock. I believe in Ohio, and I believe it was 11 years before the shooting began. Now, again, there's no evidence that this individual saw any advertising for Glock. There's no evidence that this individual specifically chose a Glock over any other firearm as opposed to like, well, all right, that's within my price range and it's there. So that's the one I'm going to get. I like the way it feels. Um, none of that matters under the New York law. All that matters is convincing a jury that somehow the marketing practices of a particular gun company uh, violated the state's public nuisance statute, which again is pretty vaguely defined, right? Uh, and that is all it takes for a huge jury verdict to come in, uh, aimed squarely again at bankrupting the firearms industry. So we've got that going on in the courts. And here comes the House Oversight Committee, uh, chaired by Carolyn Maloney, who wants again to uh, delve into the marketing practices uh, of these gun makers. And, 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 and again, that's just one of many areas that she wants to pursue. Uh, she said in her uh, letter to uh, Christopher Colloy, the president of Sturm Ruger and Company, quote, the information that you provided has heightened the committee's concern that your company has continued to profit from the sale and marketing of weapons of war to civilians despite the harm these weapons cause, is failing to track instances or patterns where your products are used in crimes, and is failing to take other reasonable precautions to limit injuries and deaths caused by your firearms. Yeah. Um, not a friendly chat that these gun makers have been invited to. This is, uh, they've been invited to a grilling, basically. Uh, and again, I don't think it is coincidence that this is coming while Carolyn Maloney is locked in the primary fight of her life against Jerry Nadler. Thanks to the uh, New York Democrats uh, redistricting, Nadler and Maloney are now fighting for New York's 12th Congressional District uh, in Manhattan. And the primary is August 23rd. She wants the CEOs to come testify before August 23rd in plenty of time for her to cut a campaign ad in the Democratic primary talking about how tough she's getting on gun makers, which in Manhattan, got to tell you, probably going to go down pretty well among a lot of primary voters, right? But this is the type of um, loaded rhetoric that Maloney is deploying that proves to me anyway, this is a politically motivated stunt and uh, nowhere close to a, uh, an honest conversation with firearms manufacturers. Uh, she said in a statement, quote, since the Oversight Committee launched our investigation into the gun industry and its disgraceful role in marketing these dangerous weapons, we found that Dan Defense, Smith & Wesson, and Sturm Ruger played prominent roles in an industry that makes billions of dollars in profit selling these products, including selling the assault weapons used in Highland Park and Uvalde. I'm inviting the chief executive officers of these firearms manufacturers to explain to Congress and the American people 
why they continue to sell products to civilians that are meant to be used in the battlefield. Yeah, again, that's the type of insane rhetoric that we're seeing from Carolyn Maloney. Um, I, I don't know what the response from the CEOs will be. I know what my response would be. Uh, pound sand is what I would tell the representative. You want to have an honest conversation? Great. Happy to do it. Uh, but I'm not going to go to Washington, D.C. so you can use me as material for your latest campaign ad while you sit there and berate me and don't want to actually hear what I have to say. You know, the bottom line is these companies are continuing to sell the most popular rifle in the country because they're allowed to. I mean, that's the bottom line. Again, there are more Ford F1, excuse me, there are more AR-15s in private hands in the United States. There are Ford F-150 pickup trucks on American roads. So the idea that all of a sudden now, because a, a murderous loser or several murderous losers decide that they're going to use an AR-15 to commit their cowardly acts of slaughter does not mean that these companies are doing anything wrong. It, by the way, based on what Maloney's argument is, why is she not interested in talking about and talking to uh, gun makers about handgun sales, given that handguns are used far more in violent crimes than rifles of any kind? Because Carolyn Maloney isn't trying to ban handguns. I mean, she'd love to if she could, don't get me wrong, but that ship has sailed for now. Handguns are are not the primary target of the gun control lobby at the moment. Are they a target? Of course they are. Are they the primary target? No. AR-15s, modern sporting rifles, those are the guns that they believe they have the, uh, uh, the, the public behind them in an attempt to try to ban these firearms. And again, these gun makers are being scapegoated for the actions of criminals, just like New York lawmakers want to uh, be able to do in terms of uh, lawsuits against these companies, rather than suing Daniel Defense or Sturm Ruger or Smith & Wesson. Carolyn Maloney is simply trying to impugn the motives of the uh, employees and the executives at these companies. And frankly, anybody associated with the firearms industry, right? It's not about self-defense. It's not about your constitutional rights. Oh, no. If you have anything to do with the making or selling of firearms, according to the anti-gun left, like Carolyn Maloney, you're just as monstrous as those criminals and cowards who would pull the trigger aimed at innocent victims. Yeah. So, again, we'll see what these companies do. Uh, I don't expect much from this hearing, and I, I, I do know what I hope these companies will do, which is to uh, tell Carolyn Maloney, um, when you want to sit down and have an honest conversation, we'll be happy to join you. But until then, no, we've got nothing to say to you. But uh, whether or not that actually comes to pass, we'll have to see. Uh, in the meantime, let's talk about today's Armed Citizen story. Mm-hmm. Carolyn Maloney doesn't want to talk about that. Uh, plus our good deed of the day and our recidivist report. I don't think Carolyn wants to talk much about that too, because again, this involves 
failures of the existing criminal justice system, right? Well, why? And, and Carolyn Maloney's not about fixing the current system. She's about putting more gun laws in place. But uh, here you go, Nashville, Tennessee. Convicted felon on probation, arrested for drug-related Nashville shooting. Um, yeah, this one, I, I gotta say, this is uh, kind of a weird one. So 31-year-old Zanton Horton uh, was arrested Tuesday night in connection with a drug-related shooting last Friday that left one victim in critical condition. Um, when police apprehended him, uh, he was in a vehicle in possession of about $1,500 cash, a digital scale, and the keys to a house. Uh, when they obtained a search warrant for the home and they went inside, they recovered an AR pistol, a forty caliber pistol that had been reported stolen out of Rutherford County, Tennessee, 9 millimeter pistol, set of body armor, 102 grams of cocaine laced with fentanyl, 322 grams of meth, multiple digital scales, and multiple boxes of ammunition. At the time, Horton was wanted on charges of attempted murder as well as gun possession by a convicted felon. Uh, he's also now been charged with seven additional drug and gun counts. Total bond set at $752,000. Horton's criminal history uh, began back in 2012, a decade ago. Felony cocaine possession. Three-year sentence. Two years later, once again, convicted of felony cocaine possession. That time he got a nine-year sentence. Uh, and then in 2022, so earlier this year, he was uh, convicted of aggravated assault. He received a two-year sentence earlier this year. He was out on the street, literally, when he was arrested by cops. Anybody else see the problem with that? Uh, this, by the way, was his first violent felony conviction, but it was a violent felony conviction. It was also his third felony conviction overall. And apparently, despite his previous criminal history, despite the violent nature of the aggravated assault, Horton walked away with little to no time behind bars for that crime. Um, we'll see what happens with the latest laundry list of charges, but uh, I got to tell you, not holding out much hope that justice is going to be done here. Today's Armed Citizen story from Safford, Arizona, where the Safford Police Department say a man was shot and killed after breaking into a neighbor's home with a knife after killing another victim in his own home. Yeah, scary stuff. Um, police responded to a burglary call at 1.52 in the morning. The homeowners told police uh, that their neighbor, Miguel Garcia, had broken into their home armed with a knife as the two homeowners then fled into a bedroom and then later into a bathroom. Garcia pursued them, saying that they would, quote, have to kill him. One of the victims, according to police, was able to retrieve a pistol and shot and killed Garcia. Uh, when they were trying to reach out to next of kin, to let them know what had happened to Garcia, officers were unable to get a response. They then entered Garcia's home, and there they found another victim dead in one of the home's bedrooms. Haven't released any information about that victim beyond being connected to Garcia. Officials say the evidence suggests that Garcia acted alone. The investigation is ongoing. Details are subject to a change, they say. Uh, but, again, I mean, this is a pretty clear-cut case of self-defense. Guy breaks into your house armed with a knife, says, you're going to have to kill me. After he's already killed somebody, now they didn't know that at the time. But, uh, yeah, I'm not thinking that the homeowners are going to be facing any charges here. Uh, finally today, our good deed of the day also involves an act of armed self-defense. That, that is not normally what we do with our good deed of the day, but there's no doubt about it here. This was an uh, individual who was in the right place at the right time, willing and able to do the right thing to save the life of a woman who was being attacked by her son. 
Yeah. This was in uh, Texas, Houston, Texas, Highland Cross area. Happened on Tuesday. According to the Harris County Sheriff's Office, shots first fired inside the woman's apartment. She then managed to get outside. Her son apparently pursued her. Uh, As she tried to hide behind a nearby tree, her son found her and stood over her, shooting her. A neighbor saw what was going on, grabbed his gun, and then shot and killed the man who was attacking his mother. Sheriff Ed Gonzalez says that he is very grateful the Good Samaritan acted swiftly, acted under the circumstances, reacted very well. The woman was taken to the hospital, underwent surgery for multiple gunshot wounds. She is expected to survive, thankfully. Uh, Sheriff Gonzalez said the way the suspect was just firing indiscriminately, just point blank, shot the mother apparently as he stood over her, was a dangerous individual that likely could have continued shooting. He was already shooting. A a 16-year-old girl sitting inside the apartment, nearly struck by gunfire. Sheriff said that uh, other shots entered a nearby apartment. Sheriff said, uh, thankfully, that owner, we're told, was away from the apartment at the time. Um, this is, as in every uh, uh, homicide case, uh, going to be referred to a grand jury. But again, I have no doubt in my mind that this is going to be ruled a justifiable homicide. This was saving the life of another. Again, another story that uh, Carolyn Maloney doesn't want to hear about. And frankly, a story that will not make the national news. You won't see this on CNN. You won't see this on MSNBC. You won't see this on CBS. These types of armed citizen stories, granted, The vast majority of armed citizen cases that happen in this country don't even involve the pulling of a trigger. The presence of that firearm in the hands of the illegal law-abiding gun owner is enough to stop that crime from escalating any further. But these defensive gun uses take place every day across this country. I never have any trouble finding an armed citizen story to share with you. Usually it's a matter of, okay, which is the most compelling story? Which news story? A local news story, I should add. Because, again, rarely do the national media pick up these stories. But, you know, you'll find a local paper or a local TV station that will cover these stories. And generally, my struggle is, all right, what what story has the most information, the most uh, background that I can share with you? But it's not struggling to find these stories to begin with. It's just the mainstream media and the national media doesn't really find these stories of great importance. Happy to cover, again, these uh, killer cowards who target innocent lives, and they're happy to splash their face up there on the TV screen, happy to let you know every thought that crept into their head, happy to do all that. But again, when it comes to law-abiding citizens protecting themselves and others from these cowardly criminals, that's when the media eh, just kind of yawns and ignores those stories. Well, we do not do that here. We don't do that at BarryAndArms.com. So I would encourage you to check out the website throughout the day for the latest Second Amendment news and information that you need to know about. If you like what you see, you can always become a VIP subscriber as well. All you have to do is go to BarryAndArms.com slash subscribe. Use the promo code GUNRIGHTS and you can get a significant savings on your VIP membership. As already of saying, thanks for showing your support for the independent pro Second Amendment journalism we do at Barrier Arms. We're going to give you exclusive content, news stories, analysis, columns you won't find anywhere else because your support does matter it does make a difference and we appreciate it very much we'll be back with another edition of bearing arms cam and company on monday but uh, as i said be sure to check out the website throughout the weekend we've got a lot of stuff going on right now it's a critically important time for second amendment advocates and uh, we're going to get you caught up on everything you need to know enjoy your weekend until we talk again be well be safe 
and be free.